Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Film Fight Podcast. Mitch Spinell and Mikey Rogers sitting here again after a bit, a bit of a extended break. Uh, we took a few weeks off, but we are back into the mix, getting it getting back into discussing uh, movie debates. Isn't that right, Mikey? It is. Sorry about that, Mitch. The, our two-week hiatus was my fault. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not necessarily your fault, but like... You know, things are things are happening right now, so I'm happy you're back. You seem like you're doing all right, and uh, we wanted to do a topic a few weeks back that was more relevant because of a movie we had just seen, and we weren't sure what to do this week, so we decided, eh, we're just going to do this one again because it's a debate that I think you and I are very much on opposite sides on. Now, can you tell the people what sparked this debate like what movie did we go see we went to see kingsman the newest iteration the kingsman the kingsman yes um which is the third installment of this whole series of kingsman films which isn't really a whole series it's just two main installments and then a sort of prequel to the events of the first and second films and it the way it looks right now is it looks like they're gonna have two series of kingsman movies well because this the movie we saw had a post credit scene, yes, which is more relevant to the past, but then it's announced that there's another Taron Egerton version coming out too. Yeah, the Blue Blood is what's going to be, it looks like it's going to be shooting at the end of this year, and then it could be actually, no, it might, well, I was about to, yeah, it could be the end of this year and then intended for a release date in 2023. Now, we did go see The King's Man, we might have some minor. Spoilers that might just come out at some at some point during our discussion. Let's just say let's let's say this is a spoiler review, but okay. it's been out long enough now yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. people who wanted to see the movie would have already it's been gone. out for almost two months at this yeah. point. It came out around the same time as Spider Man. So Yeah, well just like a little uh well actually like a little bit after that. Um so yeah. We want to do this episode because we have a heated... Okay, so the whole point of it is we want to get into the first two Kingsman movies. Yes. And that's what kind of led the debate because Mitch and I are very, very determined to pick our movie. Well, we're on opposite ends of this entire yeah. discussion because... Mitch, Mitch, Mitch thinks the first Kingsman... Uh, what's... Uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Is the best movie. I think Golden Circle yes. is the better movie. Yes. For for a variety, it, it all boils down to the two biggest fight scenes in each movie. Yeah. It's kind of where our uh, our debate is really going to go. It's just, we're really just debating scenes at this point. Absolutely. Because I don't think either of us are going to say one's a terrible movie over the other because I think they're both comedically enjoyable. It's it's interesting to me because I, t I told you before uh, we went and saw The King's Man that Kingsman 1 is maybe... Maybe one of my 20, if not one of my 15 favorite movies of all time. Like, I, the first time I saw this, I didn't see it in the theater, unfortunately, even though I was able to go see it. That was the year that I was, I turned 17, and therefore I could go see rated R movies. But then I watched it later in life, and I was so stunned by how much I enjoyed the movie because it's supposed to be this sort of comedic, edgier take on like the older James Bond films of the 70s. Actually, you know what? No. Before that, I want to get into like the history of Kingsman because Kingsman wasn't just some idea that popped into Matthew Vaughn's head. This was a comic 
I believe it was from, is it a, a Marvel comic or is it based on some sort of thing? It was Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons, the Secret Service comic, which uh, was done by Icon Comics. Excuse me. So Matthew Vaughn obviously has done a whole bunch of work in the comic business. He did the uh, first kick-ass movie. He did, um, uh, obviously, the, the X-Men First class, the first X-Men prequel of that four-film series. And the guy has a very distinct style to the way he makes his films. He has like a really sort of like wild, crazy way he makes his stories go, as well as the way he makes his shots look. And the first Kingsman, I think, really was a great take on sort of the cliches and the tropes of like classical James Bond films. You know, it's interesting. It's... It's a James Bond parody, yeah, really. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's its own universe, its own thing. So even though they make fun of James Bond, there are still some really exciting and suspenseful and intense moments in in all of the films. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy because as you watch, you're like, "Huh, we see what you're doing there." But then it, it'll hit it out of left field with some of the crazy action sequences and the way that they're shot. And the crisp, like, cinematic, just one-shot, like, VFX-driven. Yeah. And the way that they piece shots together, I mean, it, it's almost like it's almost like live-action video game cutscenes. In a way. Is what it feels like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're, you're playing a video game and you have the cutscene, it, like, feels like that. Like, a lot of the Kingsman fight scenes feel like a movie or feel like a video game cutscene, and I think that's cool. Because it's got the distinct colors, it's got the distinct texture on the shot, um, and the way that the action shot, it, it, it's definitely very video game-like in a way. Yeah, and the first movie did insanely well for what expectations were. I remember it coming out Valentine's Day weekend in 2015, and it came in second in the United States, well, in the U.S., it came in second to Fifty Shades of Grey, which... For many people who went to go see, many people went to go see Fifty Shades of Grey that Valentine's weekend, and then smart people went to go see Kingsman and were surprised by how good it was, and it ended up making a killing. It spawned an eventual sequel, which we'll get into, but that's where I fell in love with the the first movie, especially because it was just this really great action-packed uh, a series of events that also made you care a lot about the central characters. And yeah, and a that's lot the of thing with, with the them. Kingsman films, all three of them do well, is they make you care about the characters. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but, like, especially with the first movie, I guess we're going to jump into this right now. We're not going to have much of a preamble. The first Kingsman, to me, is such a great take on a combination of an origin story and also a... a just a good spy movie in general because it you it, you have this story about this how how do we describe the Kingsmen exactly? They're these group of agents that have been around for decades. They're like 007s. I mean, you know, yeah, it's but they, like, and they and they take their names from classical literature characters. Yeah, from the story of King Arthur. Yes, all so, of the all of the Kingsmen agents are a character from the King Arthur stories. Right, and we look, like they have their names like Lancelot and Merlin and uh, uh, King uh, Arthur. Well, Arthur, yeah, Arthur's Arthur, one of them. Arthur's the leader. Galahad, and then. We find out at the beginning of the movie that the central character... Eggsy. Eggsy, who is played by Taron Egerton for the majority of the film, except for the beginning when we find out that his father, who was a Kingsman, dies during a mission in the Middle East. <laughs> the Mark Hamill scene? Well, th that's that's after the that's before the Mark Hamill scene because <laughs> we'll get to one of my favorite scenes in a second. We're not just going to recap both movies, but we're going to like give examples of what we love about it. 
Eggs obviously years later, Eggsy grows up and he's he a troublemaker. Really, he, he's a troublemaker. He's kind of a uh, he, he a slacker. He doesn't really like no aspirations. He, he's done like good things. They even explain it in the bar where he's like he was a, a qualified gymnast and like he was like a, a good student, I think. And then he just sort of let it all go to hell. Yeah, he took like the dark path and started hanging out with the wrong people. But Harry uh, Hart, who plays um, Galahad, the first Galahad in the movie. Um, He's sort of like a, he keeps his eye on Eggsy for the most of his life because he's like I, my father, his father died next to me. I'm gonna take care of him and his. Well, doesn't take care of his mother very much because she's a whole other story. But then, what I like about the rest of the movie is that it makes Eggsy go through unbelievable challenges just to become a Kingsman, and at the end he doesn't even get it. But then when the opportunity is given to him. It's fantastic, and you have this whole combination of really uh, uh, great characters that stand out. Samuel L. Jackson playing uh, Richmond Valentine, who is one of my favorite spy movie villains. He's just basically playing Samuel L. Jackson with a lisp, and it works for what he's trying to do in the movie. I just remembered uh, my favorite line in Kingsman, the movie, you're the first one. The first one? Yeah. <laughs> At the end, can I, can I, I could cuss on the podcast, right? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Dude. It's like at the end of the movie when the uh, he's like if the, he goes to the the cell where the princess yes. is and she, she looks at him and she goes if you save the world I'll let you fuck me in the ass and yeah, he's like and okay he, and he just sort of like looks at like well shit and then at the end of the, movie, right, after, save the movie after after he saves the world he comes back and she's like he's like Did I saved the world or yeah yeah and then he has uh, Merlin unlock the thing yeah but but enough <laughs> with recapping the movie I think I'm sorry I, it's just such a good line exactly and that's what makes this so such a great film you have great lines you have great scenes we talked about the Mark Hamill scene because Mark Hamill plays a minor character in the film for a bit he gets rescued by uh, who was it the first um, who was it what was his name. Oh, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out uh, uh, what was the guy's name. The first, the first spy in the Mark Hamill scene when he gets rescued. What was his name? Um, Lancelot. Lancelot. Oh my God, Lancelot! Because that's the character that has to be taken over for by somebody in the movie. Because Lancelot, who's played by Jack Davenport, saves him, and it's this really cool fight scene where it's like very clean, and you have these really like crazy shots. And then I like how the sort of MacGuffin of the scene is the drink that yeah. is being carried by the person who's in control. I love the fact that you just used the word MacGuffin. That made me happy. I mean, I, a lot I, of people I, don't know what that, do you explain what a MacGuffin is? All I know is a MacGuffin is sort of like an object that is sort of the, this, that, that then that doesn't apply then. Cause the real definition of a MacGuffin is uh, a, a object that is being pursued by all parties in a movie. And it's sort of like the reason for the plot to exist. Yeah. Is, okay. But this one does, this one's more of just like a tracking object where each person who holds the drink is in control. He's holding the drink and then he just gets sliced up the back by Sophia Butella, who is playing, um, what's her name as well? I should have looked up all these names before I got to gazelle gazelle, who is literally a blade runner because she has two <laughs> like blade, like, lower legs yeah. that she runs on and cuts people with. And it is amazing how they, how violent this movie is at the same time and how creative it is as well. And then of course you go out through the rest of the movie, you have the crazy gadgets, you have the sort of tongue in cheek humor, which I think is fantastic and fits well. And then you have a lot of great shots and special effects that make this film really stand out in terms of color. Like you mentioned for me, I really love it. Then we get to the second film, and then I'm going to let you go oh, ahead. Okay, and... here's what I don't understand. Okay. You and I are both moviegoers, yes. and we both thoroughly enjoy the Kingsman series. Mm -hmm. I can understand your argument for why uh, 
the first Kingsman movie is better than Go- Girl- Golden Circle. Yes. I, I can I could see your point of view. What I don't understand is the hate that you're putting on the second movie. And look, because I think it was such a disappointment. When I found out they were doing a sequel and I Why saw these trailers. Why is it trailers, so disappointing to you? Because for me, it's like you have Eggsy continue on, continuing his legacy sure. being a Kingsman. Sure. Okay. Then you, uh, because it's so out there and so far crazy, yes, you have Colin... Uh, Firth. Colin Firth's character coming back. Yeah. And he has amnesia. Is that where you get lost with it? Is that where you don't like it? There's many points where I get lost. I mean, you have a guy who shouldn't have been brought back to life get brought back to life. John Cena is so funny in this film. John Cena? No, wait. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of of a guy who looks like him? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Magic Mike. But that's the whole thing. John Cena. We're we're blanking on names. We took a few weeks off. Um, (laughs) But what I didn't like about the movie is that it, it doesn't give... It doesn't make reason for some characters to come back to life. It doesn't make sense for some characters to die on screen. And again, we're going to spoil these movies. Roxy dying and Merlin dying make little sense to me. Like why it felt so necessary to kill them off. Dude, it's a a parody spy movie. I get that. But here's the thing. And that's the thing. Parody. The first Kingsman, you can tell, is clearly a parody on the fr- on the, the genre and the sort of tropes they have against it. With Kingsman, the Golden Circle, it feels like they're trying to lean too heavily onto those tropes and take them more seriously than the first no, film. And I don't get that. I don't understand how you're getting to that perspective because Elton John is a main supporting character yeah. in this film yeah. who plays himself. He gets kidnapped this- by the main villainess, played by Julianne Moore. Yeah, and he takes the drugs because he's Elton John. And I th- Elton, kick- Elton starts- did you? You didn't take those, Elton. Yeah. Elton, no. Elton, no. He starts kicking ass throughout that fight scene, which, by the way, too, that 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 villainous lair that that Julianne Moore has, it's a it's a collection of like a fifties neighborhood with diners and movie theaters it's in like the a middle rundown, of a jungle, dude. It's like with a robot run, dogs. It's like a rundown Dollywood. That's kinda, why has nobody like cornered like into for. that fortress yet? Like some some government agency would have been like, hey, there's a. There's some 50s diners out there with a evil woman and uh, robot dogs. Do you know how many abandoned amusement parks are out there in the not world? Not in the middle of a goddamn jungle. They're they're in the middle of nowhere. I don't even think it's that's not even in the United States. So what the hell are they doing out there? I don't know. It's a movie. Why exactly. are you looking at? Why are you looking to do it so far? Okay, I'll, it's I'll, not like I'll the revise, Kingsman movies are like the gri- Godfather. I'll revise my gripe with this movie. Is that I think there are two. There are the. The mixture of times they want you to not take things seriously and the times they want you to take things seriously don't clash very well. I I have other things here as well. I said the Elton John fighting here. Because they kill off certain characters and they bring... For example, Col- uh, uh, Galahad back to life. The first Harry Hart. I'm calling them by their real names, Harry Hart. And because they bring in so many other characters with the statesman who really disappointed me in terms of just getting excited, I thought it was cool to bring like an American version of the Kingsman into the second movie. They don't do anything, and Dude, you don't care about a, them as th- much. This is from IMDb. This okay. is the storyline of the Kingsman Golden Circle. Let's, Let's just it. walk through the little synopsis. Let's hear it. After the Kingsman headquarters are blown up by a psychotic criminal named yes. Poppy Adams, who's Julianne Moore, yes. their surviving agents find their way to an allied secret organization based in Kentucky named Statesman. The two agencies must now work together in order to save the world and take down the so-called Golden Circle. It's so cool because it, it gives you... Because in the first Kingsman... It's so drawn to England, right? Yeah. In the second movie, they go worldwide with it. And sure. if, the, if if there's if there's a British secret organization, why wouldn't there be an American secret organization? I understand that. And I again, I liked the idea of an American Kingsman when I first saw in the trailers. 
They didn't. It didn't feel like they did much for me. Whiskey, tequila, Jack Daniels. It's because they were making fun of Americans. I love it. I know. No, they're I like I, cowboys. I thought it was fun that they were making fun of Americans, and that's it, it. Fits like I love the whole thing where they're like swinging the like tossing up the major league baseballs and swinging <laughs> the bats and their bombs. Like that's fun. But that's really the only thing I got from them as characters, and I just didn't really care about any of them. All right, let's just preface here to the people listening. My favorite all-time song ever is Saturday by Elton John. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just put that in perspective because I'm very biased. The okay. fact that the main fight scene in the movie is Saturday by Elton John with Elton John fighting bad guys doing kicks I in the air. I get why you like it. For me, it's just sort of like, what the hell, the this 80-year-old so man? And I get it. The church scene in the first Kingsman movie is very well it's done. It's one but, of the best action scenes I've so, ever seen. It's so gory, though. Exactly. It's just so gory. And this, gore kind of turns me off a little bit. I'm not a gory person. I, I, I understand. I'm the same way with a lot of horror stuff. But I'm not saying one, it's bad. It's not. It's very one, well done. It, it fits for that scene because he's basically just mowing down a bunch of uh, robotized robotized. <laughs> robotized racists. I know. It's awesome. great. I know. And this, but in the second one, (laughs) it just doesn't feel like you don't get the same feeling of kind of like over the top fun. Dude, when Colin, when Colin Firth comes back with Taron Egerton, they have their, when they have their reunion and then they go and kick, they kick ass together. That's so awesome. And then they have all of the, like the British gadgets, like Mm -hmm. the umbrella and the suitcase and the suit, like the things that they use to beat the bad guys. It's funny. It it definitely, they definitely ramp up a lot of the technology for this one, even compared to the first movie where it kind of felt like a comic book movie at times, which is ironic because Kingsman was a comic. It didn't feel like that James Bond film that I, I was more attached to in the first movie. But yeah, there's there's more stupid humor. The first Kingsman movie, there's more... A lot of, a lot of more stupid humor. But the first Kingsman movie, the by nature, is going to be a little more serious because they're establishing the world. No. You know what I mean? So when they go into a sequel situation, they can, they, they've can they already well, the, established the world. The story is more serious, I think, but the, the elements I, around it are so over the top that you can get invested in but it. But I still think both movies, both bad guys, like it doesn't feel yeah. out, outside the realm of possibility. Well, I mean... The, you I know, mean, the first one, I could kind of see if, especially it was like, in today's, if we were in a crazy so, world. The second one, it's it's about, it's about it's drugs. It's drugs. And the first one is like uh, an SD card in your phone, which I could easily see. I mean, not to say I think that's going to happen. I'm just saying I could easily see someone dastardly evil trying to do that. Especially with everything. Julianne Moore just didn't seem like... I think she's having a lot of fun playing a villain, but I don't think she grabbed me like Samuel L. Jackson did as a villain. Yeah, but even Samuel L. Jackson, it's like they tell... they they. They called him and was like, dude, we just need you to show up on set and just talk with a lisp and be funny. It works. It, but he's it's not like he's a serious villain. He's funny. Like he's sure. he's afraid of blood. Like he's like, oh, turn that off. Yeah. Like during the Baptist. I think, scene. And I think also because his organization too and the way he commits his atrocities, like it, it hits harder. With Julianne Moore, she's just in that well, weird actually, you know what it is. 50s diner jungle uh lair for ten scenes and you know what it is? Samuel L. Jackson's character doesn't think he's a bad guy, where Julianne Moore's character knows she's a bad guy. And again, she, I think that might be the, the dynamic. Maybe, and that, I know she's having fun doing it, but um, what else? Uh oh and then again, going back to the Merlin scene where he sacrifices himself with the mind uh, thing. Even some of the music choices in this didn't feel as what good. What are you like, talking like about? The Elton John scene was so fine. Strong. The Elton John scene was fine. The Country Road, and I'm a bi- I'm actually a fan of the Country Road song by John Denver. I, I think it should be... Uh, I think it should be written in law that when you cross the West Virginia border in your car, you have to start having that song play in your car. That being said, it just it felt kind of weird. And I think it's more just me being like, oh, why'd you have to get rid of him? Like, he's your your M, basically. And you don't do that. I mean, it 
could do that, but you don't do that. Yeah, but they brought him back. Oh, no, you're talking no, about you're, Merlin. You're yeah, talking about you're, Merlin. No, no, no. I'm not talking about... Uh, you're, you're talking about Merlin tequila, and how he tequila, sacrificed they just bring, they just bring back... Well, yeah. Who was it? Yeah, Tequila. Who gets, like, shot in the head? Was it Jack Daniels? Yeah. Yeah, he, I think, yeah, uh, whatever. he gets shot in the head. Whatever. And then the whole thing with Harry coming back to life, he gets shot, and then, like, Kingsman Tech, Tech saves him, but then he gets amnesia. Oh, no. You know, I, some movies... He's like a little lab experiment. I, but see, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I can't. love both movies, and I'm not here to... I guess the whole point of this podcast is to debate, to debate movies back to back. Yeah. But like today, I guess I'm just trying to defend this movie, not necessarily argue it that it's better because you're giving so much hate to it's it. It's not that I, I, I can't say I absolutely hate it. I was extremely disappointed by it because I thought this could be an amazing series for spy films that could be a little more over the top, a little less grounded, and you can have some more fun with it. It didn't seem like it, it was as fun the second time around. And I hope the third one can maybe... The, the the King's Man, I think, actually had more fun with certain parts, ironically, even with more clearly grounded well, moments. let's go... Let's, let's, let's segue into the King's Man, then. We can talk briefly on it, yeah. Yeah, no, just because, like, parts of that movie were so drastically different than the two we're talking about sure. right now. yeah. But it still had the Kingsman feel to it, but they had the same, like, crew together for yep. it. So, you know, they with uh, Spielberg and George Lucas, when they went into Temple of Doom, for example, both of them were going through divorces when they filmed the movie. Right. Right. So I wonder if that, that crew like were under some different life circumstances when they were making the newest iteration of the Kingsman, because it does feel drastically different. I mean, I don't know if Matthew Vaughn was going through a divorce. Well, at, at I don't. Time, but. I don't know, because the the. The new one, and the Kingsman. Too. Matthew Vaughn should have learned. I mean, not that he needed to learn a lesson from anything. He made Kick-Ass, which is supposed to be I like. I love that movie. It's a good one. He made Kick-Ass, which is another comic book property that is supposed Dark to Horse be. Comics. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a, a tongue-in-cheek superhero sort of film where it's sort of like anybody can be a hero and all that. And then you get to the second one, and it's, and this isn't Matthew Vaughn's fault. They completely dropped the ball of what made the first one so good with like this really like edge sort of edge to it it's just basically what a lot of people really took from the first movie like like audience members they just decided to do that for the second movie similar to um the matrix sequels everyone kind of thinks about like oh bullet time and like this and like the action sequences and all that and it's supposed to be more of a philosophical thing whereas again kingsman one it's not it's not a philosophical thing it's basically just a, a beat up like a slam bang spy film that takes a little bit more fun with the genre than you would with something like a James Bond or a Jason Bourne. But the second one just doesn't feel like they're having more fun with it. If anything, I disagree. I think the second one is more of a parody than the first. The first one's a little more serious because it has, I mean, serious, mo it has serious moments that hit harder. I don't think the second one does. I agree with that, but I think the second one does explore the world a little bit more and incorporates, uh, obviously, other countries. It, it, it broadens their universe up. I mean, it'd be interesting to see with in a set of a trilogy, like with Blue Blood coming yeah, out, I, where I the that, second like, one... Because when, for example, when Age of Ultron came out, a lot of people didn't like Age of Ultron. Um, a lot of people thought it was a little silly, a little cartoonish, a little childish, but when you look back at Age of Ultron after all the other Avengers movies have come out, it fits. So I'm interested to see, after Blue Blood, 
the third in 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 the trilogy of things. Yeah, how that, how we're gonna view this movie in maybe two years? Maybe that that'll probably be the last one. And I do hope we have a Last Crusade sort of situation where you can take what was good about the first film and amplify it to Honestly, the point where I love though, it more. I would love to see more prequel sequels. Yeah, because you know do, what I mean. They, this is a spoiler for the King's Man. They do do like a Marvel sort of post credit thing where it's like they introduce Hitler. Yeah, and uh, that's cool. I love that. And then you have this. What was it? The one title card where it says the Kingsman will return at some yes. point. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, it, it's interesting. So let's get into the Kingsman, though. Okay. Okay. What I really liked about it is, first of all, um, uh, Ray Fiennes. Is that, is that his name? Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes is the main there. character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him, uh, Jim Hansu, Gemma Arterton, uh, Ralph Ivins. Uh, Reese Ifans, yeah, Reese Ifans. plays uh, Rasputin, yeah. Yes, okay, so let's get into that. First of all, Ray Fiennes, he kills it. Yeah. Uh, he shows so much dynamic character. He he goes from being the, the leader, because he's the one who ultimately establishes the Kingsman, and mm-hmm. the Kingsman gets established at the very end of the film. It's kind of like the whole point is yeah. leading up to uh, the events that cause the Kingsman to be born, so to speak, okay? And... His acting in this film is absolutely incredible because he goes from having to be the one that has it all together to, you know, dealing with his son trying to go to war to him trying to take down Rasputin and Russia to his son dying at war and the depression he goes through and then his own redemption story and what you know, what his son would have wanted and what was better for the world at that point. Cause this whole movie takes place during world war one. Yeah. Um, and the events that trigger world war one. And it was interesting to see the Kingsman take on it because they took real historical events, but they put like their characters into them. Um, which I thought was absolutely very well done, but I'm not as big into that part of history as you are. Like I, I really like revolutionary war stuff. So when we were watching the movie, you kept calling out like some of these different world events and you're yeah. like, oh my God, that's when this that, happens. Yeah, oh my God, that's when this happens. Yeah, they, they, they do some sort, it's not even revisionist history. It's sort of like, you know what it is? It's like what a lot of movie tie-in games used to do, video games used to do where, especially if they were based on movies, they would take a character and they would, it was like a build your own character, or whatever. Godfather of the game, for example, is a great example. Um, you would create a character and then they would place you at the scene at the scene of certain moments in the film, and you sort of had to like bounce off of that as a new character. So, well, what was interesting is when they introduced Archduke Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand, yeah, yeah, and you were like, he's supposed to die, and then like a second later, yeah, because at first I thought they were going to do that, where it was sort of like the Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time Hollywood thing, where it's like, oh, they're they're going to keep him what? Nope, they're oh, he's dead. Yeah, and so like, and I, but I think. Uh, and they had other examples like the Zimmerman telegram, which is the the sort of uh, the keynote that got the United States into the into the Great War. Yeah. Um, but uh, first of all, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, I I just drew a blank. What is it? I just drew a blank. Well, no, because I was thinking on the on the terms of um, Rasputin. Yeah. Um, I, first of all, what what's the actor's name who plays him? Reese Ifans. Reese Ifans. He also plays the lizard. The lizard. Yeah, Reese Ifans. He was fantastic. Yeah, as uh, seemed like he was having a lot of Rasputin. fun playing a a Russian sort of healer who probably uh, manipulative manipulated and- the the Russian family. Which that's another thing too that I knew from history. I was like, oh boy, you people are you people are in for a an ending. Well, if you know what I mean. It, it's funny because they have. Uh, 
Ray Fiennes making fun of him for being a ballerina, and then yeah. they have this five-minute-long fight scene mm-hmm. with Rasputin doing ballerina moves with a, having a sword fight, and it was freaking awesome. Which then like leads into how history tells us Rasputin actually died. He right. was given poison cakes, didn't affect him. He was... Uh, shot and then he was like placed in a frozen river or something which a lot of people have disputed that like he might have not have died until later but i don't know yeah so i mean it was interesting to giant see. not gonna say it sorry not, not gonna say it <laughs> that, we'll just leave it i'm surprised they didn't do a joke like that i'm so surprised they didn't do that well they did say in russia we like to have lots of sex like there yeah, was that but, line at the dinner but i thought but they were gonna make a you know rasputin penis joke yeah, yeah go ahead and it. say it just say it out loud yeah uh, a rasputin dick joke we didn't get it yeah, <laughs> exact sentence that was said on film fight. That's a go- that's a that's a Google search, my friend. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know. It's just you know the 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 parts of the movie I didn't like is the fact that they montaged way too quickly throughout Some history. Points, yeah. Some points it was like you were like they, they would move like three years and it was like really quick, just like slideshow format yeah. transitions, and you're like, oh what? Um, but I will say, all in all, the characters are totally lovable. Um, everybody who acted in this film, I thought did a really nice job. The only person, uh, the guy who played the kid who played Conrad, I, I mean, I thought he was fine. He was fine. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like, but then at the end they had Aaron Taylor Johnson come in. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were so many like, uh, characters in this movie that they were played by really famous people and they would just show up out of nowhere. It's because they're setting them up for the sequel. I guess. But like, because they already introduced Hitler. Aaron Taylor Johnson didn't show up until like 40 minutes to the end of the movie. Right. It's because it's because he's going to be one of the main characters. He's going to have to take down. At the end he's established. He's Lancelot. As one of the first king's men yes with they all change like uh looks at the end too i just noticed that yeah. i guess they wanted to make it more like uh like when uh what's his name comes in and he looks like more like merlin in the next one yeah that's good another problem i had with it was the, what they did with king george because i think they did a really nice job representing the the, the, the historical figure of, yeah. of king george but i didn't like the fact that the organization is called the kingsman and then at the end, King George is one of he's the members, king. but he's the actual king of England, but he's not even the leader of the Kingsmen, which uh, is just so weird to me. I, I don't know. I get, I mean, that would be like, cause if, it's like, it's his crew, but it's not. That'd be like if the U S president was a part of the Statesmen. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. But then he wouldn't even be the leader of the Statesmen. Sure. Because, um, uh, Ray Fiennes is the leader of the Statesmen yeah, or the Kingsmen. Kingsmen at the end of the movie. Yes. So yeah, I get, I, I can kind of get that, but uh, but the scene where Conrad goes to war and he has to go into what is it, no man's land or what? What is the, the- no man's land? He he goes to war and then there's this considerably long, um, like hand to hand combat scene between the Allies and the Axis powers, mm-hmm. where the soldiers are like fighting quietly. They don't want to like. They don't want to set off the remaining people who are stuck back in the uh, the trenches because that could lead to tanks going off, like like shots going off and stuff. But so that they, whole sequence was super it's, serious. It's tense. It's yeah, intense, it's yeah. more it's more serious than anything that's been in a Kingsman movie before or since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and yeah. the whole premise is he goes in. He had the, the the mission is that there's this guy that was running through there. He got blown blew up, and they had to go get the the uh, what would you just say the. Uh, the message. Oh, it's the mess. It's the Zimmerman telegram. Well, the information about the Zimmerman telegram. Yeah, yeah. and the, the agent that was running through who was yes. a secret, and it was, they thought he got blown up, and but then he didn't. He, yeah. was, he had the original Zimmerman telegram, and that's that's what that's what Con- Conrad went out yes. to go get. Yeah. Um. But you really feel like the tension, like in that scene. It's yeah. very. And I want to and I want to save off. Like I don't want to tell the reason 
what happened like the reason why what happens happens to conrad happens i want to say that for people who want to watch it but <laughs> it, it it works you know it makes sense it's not like it's a crazy you know stupid thing i, I don't think there's a lot of stupid in king's man compared to king's men the golden circle it is definitely a more serious take with somewhat those. you know but you still have to have that there's the funny i mean my favorite line in the movie is your big russian fuck stick i mean yeah, that's that's I, actually you laughed, you laughed hard on that one because uh, it was i mean it was funny i yeah. mean you have this league of bad guys, and they're all historical yep. figures. Daniel Brühl played Dan Baron Bro- Zemo, Dan essentially. Show- Daniel Brühl just shows up, although he's more of a central character. Like, Stanley Tucci just shows up. Aaron Taylor Johnson just shows up. Uh, I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I understood. T- Stanley Tucci kind of came out of left field there. I know. I that know. one was a little weird. I, I used to think he was the Mer- Merlin when I first heard of the movie. Yeah. He, him and Mark Strong are both bald. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. But, uh... Yeah, I, I didn't think we were going to talk this much about King's Man going into our debate about Kingsman's one versus two, but I guess here we are. Um, any final thoughts? Because I, I know you got to get out of here. No, I just um, I just want you to love Golden Circle more. Also, why does why does also why does he have to have sex with a girl to put a tracking device in a certain area? Like, why did it have to be there? I don't, it's it's a Hollywood movie, man. I guess, but like, you could. He has a girlfriend in the movie, the the princess who let him do the thing, you know. The thing and the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the thing, the butt stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go out and go ahead and say it again. Rasputin penis. Say it again. Yeah. There was no Rasputin dick joke. This is a family show, Mikey. Anyway, let's fucking end this. (laughs) (laughs) It's a short one today. Yeah, I know. Compared to some other ones we've done in the past, we'll try to get some more. longer episodes in in the next few weeks we got some uh, topics that we want to get to yeah what's uh what's on the agenda next week uh we can yeah we can spoil it since uh, our yeah. fa- since our fans <laughs> had to wait a few weeks for our next episode if this f- flipping computer whatever <laughs> look well, you can't you can't drop two of them I, um, as far as i'm concerned at least we did it okay today. so so in honor of what would have been the release date for morbius not saying this is gonna gonna apply could be the best movie ever made. We don't know. But next week is going to be our our least favorite movie based on any Marvel property. So we're not going to just limit it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm aware that you might have a pick in that selection out of that bunch. I will not. I will not spoil it here, and I don't think you should either. But I think... Uh, We'll have an interesting debate. It's, it's, it's going to be a, such a one that nobody expects, but I like where it's going. And you've seen my choice, right? The one we've talked about. Oh, yeah. And I'm switching my choice. And I'll, really? tell, I'll tell you off microphone. Okay. Well, then I'm because very I think it'll make that. for a more, a more interesting podcast because I'm going to be very passionate about it. All right. All right. If you're passionate about it, that's all that matters. And uh, I thought we had a nice discussion today yeah, about that, Kingsman. It did, it did feel more like a discussion, it was which, more I'm, natural. which I'm okay with. And, yeah. you know, I. I I like the days, though, when we sort of just start screaming into these microphones and just let all hey, bets look, go off. So we, we, al- we align about 70% of the time on films, but that 30%, mm. it, it could get damaging. It can. So, yep, that's that's all the episode we have. Thank you guys for listening. Let uh, Make sure to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, go on to Twitter, at Mitch Spinell or Mikey the Film Guy. Um, 
you know, vote in the polls. We always have polls and questions in Spotify, and uh, we'll make sure that you guys can get in on that. You know, vote for whoever you think won, Kingsman the Secret Service versus Kingsman the Golden Circle. So, yeah, we will. Uh, definitely make sure to hit the follow button. Yes. Especially yeah. on, on Spotify. Spotify, we want to get a lot of engagement on and uh, keep pumping these episodes out as best we can. So, that's it. We will see you guys sometime next week. Bye. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.